Hello and welcome to Leon and Sai Sold Nothing, a podcast where we go through the awareness days, weeks and months and years and discuss them with pretty much no knowledge. Leon's definitely not done any research. You're getting really good at the intro. Thanks. Why are you interrupting it then? Because uh, you said Fucking... my name. You introduced me. So I didn't I... introduce you yet, you did, did I? You said Leon's done and it's like you're, you are opening oh. the people with this in their ears to think there's someone else there and therefore me to say Sai would have confused them. I don't think it would have done. Uh, no one will ever know because I've spoken. No one will ever know because no Get one listens. Your intro. Where was I? Oh, yeah. And ultimately, we solved nothing. First off, I want to apologise. We're recording at Sequoia again today. And if you can hear anything in the background, it is crackheads out the front having an argument. It's daytime as well. What is it? It's only 20 past one in South London. Mate, I was... some men are... I don't know if they're arguing. No, I think they're, look, now they're hugging. I wasn't, I wasn't even working last night. And I was, I was just here anyway. And I looked over, and in the in the phone box, I can literally see the guy with a crack pipe. Oh, well, yeah. at least he was nice enough to go into a phone box. Who right. uses phone boxes anymore? Crackheads. Crackheads. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, crackheads and people who need a piss. This is my favourite intro. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Look, we've what got... was worse is I fucking I had a, I went for a walk with my daughter later on that night. Yeah, that is much right. No, <laughs> and had a fucking row with him. Oh, good. Oh, that's you. Oh, is that when you messaged me? Yeah. Oh. All he did was ask me for the time. But it's South London. If someone asks you for the time, it means that they're going to try and rob should your fucking we, watch. Should we introduce our guest? Think we probably should do. any questions about what yeah. we're doing. Hi, everyone. We have a guest today, and her name is Amy Bullman. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. Hello. Hello. You have anything to say about the, the crackhead? He has moved on now. Well, how do you... Well, no, I suppose you know that they're crackheads because you saw them doing crack. <laughs> Why did you have a row with him? Because he yeah. asked for the time. Yeah, that was it. He asked me for the time. But why would did that instigate an argument? It's a very be- common distraction technique. Correct. Or would be muggers or attackers. Why? Because you get your phone out to see what the you time is. Phone out, you might look at your watch, but it's a it's a good distraction technique. Yeah. So I would suggest if someone slightly untoward comes up and it's dark and whatever and asks you the time. You might just want to either ignore them and go, well, I've said carry on with your life. Okay. There you go. Didn't expect mm. prime reduction advice at the start of this podcast. <laughs> Always on job, aren't you? What? Do your little, like, tips for safety. I mean, I, I won't ever do it again. It was just, we were on that subject, weren't we? So, yeah. What's the thing to do? You've got a mug of something. What's in the mug? Coffee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious, delicious, tasty cracks. Right. Well, hello. Cracks? <laughs> okay. Hello. Uh, Leon, would you like to uh, introduce the subject we shall be discussing oh, today? I can't remember specific. No, right. It is every every woman day, I yeah. believe. 22nd of September. 22nd of September, ladies and gentlemen, is every woman day. What is every woman day? I hear you cry. Well, let me go down my phone and find the... Every woman day <laughs> shines a light on common yet poorly understood women's health conditions, which can be painful, long lasting and life limiting. It aims to not just raise awareness, but to raise hope too. So we have this as a subject. Obviously, though, we were also like we could probably just in general venture off into the sort of subjects of woman the life of being a woman, even though it's not International Women's Day, and I'm sure we will have a woman on for International Women's Day, not you, Amy Borman, but 
but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought Amy would be a wonderful guest because not only is she mm-hmm. my friend and she's an all right human being, so she probably should have been my friend, but um, she has had some uh, some medical stuff. Uh, she is a woman. I don't think I mentioned that. She is a woman. Okay. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and she's a podcast and everything. So yeah, you should be you should be really good at this. We should be we me and Simon should basically have to just turn our microphone off and let you speak and yeah. take all of the control and responsibility. When I bore you about all my health issues. Yeah, bore being the key word there. No I'm joking. I mean, I know. <laughs> to be fair. So the second I read up on this one, I was like, oh, actually, you'll be really good on this. Because despite the fact that I know some of what's going on, I don't really, and I mean, I, not that I need to know the absolute, in fact, I probably know at times more than I've needed to know. <laughs> but but I, don't, I don't fully understand it still. So I was like, oh, you'd be great for this. Because, um, yeah, because you, you are. So, yeah. Yeah. My phrase. Thanks. Yeah. Hell. Yeah, I don't even know how we start this now. We're just so, hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Miss Amy Bowman? Hi. Would you just want me to talk about my health problems or do you want to talk about myself in general? I think you just give us a nice little intro about you. Yes. And this is all going to be like this. This is, this is self-edited as well. So just any of the boring muck, just keep out. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> I'm a woman. Correct, yeah. I'm 45 years old. Oh, good age. Thank you. It's all right, actually. I live in East London. Oh, very nice. And I am self-employed, working predominantly in the music industry. Oh. But I do some other things as well. I have a podcast called Mum and Mama, which I've done since November last year. (laughs) of the health issues that I'm going to tell you about in a minute. And I've known Leon for, how long have I known you for now? Try to forget. How many? Five years or is it more than that? No, it'd be longer than that. But... You're the reason there's vodka in her mug. Oh. <laughs> I'm the reason she's grey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I, say, I knew she'd jump on that. It's silver because I've chosen it to be that way. And I've I've grayed it up a bit just you so need, I can get this under the look. It's looking it's looking a bit long. You need to fix it up, you know. Did you copy Whiffin or is it the other way around? Uh, <laughs> he copied well, well. He's older than me, so technically I copied him. But it's just because I love him so much. And why would you not want to look like Stu Whiffin? I can think of so much because he looks like a puddle. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm. I've been really old, and I actually really like it. Yeah, I need to stop doing that. He looks like Wreck It Ralph. And <laughs> I mean, he looks like a mish, a puddle of Wreck It Ralph, Robbie Williams, yourself, and uh, Deirdre of Coronation Street. <laughs> just a just a smushed up puddle, and he's a big bloke as well. So you know, there, there could be traces of all of them. Anyway, right, yeah. shall we? Shall we? Pull this back. You carefully led us to to what we're going to talk about anyway. So why don't you just kick us off with, with so, yeah what 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 you've had going on basically? I ha- I had a hysterectomy in June, of just gone. Yeah, June twenty three. So I I've always had problems with my periods. Mm-hmm. So 
I always had very painful periods. They were always quite heavy. I always had really bad PMS. But this was kind of seen as something that is common and you just put up with it kind of thing. So Already just... something that myself and Simon have no knowledge of. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes they are like that. And yeah, well, I don't know. Some women are absolutely fine. Some women don't know when they're going to get their period. They go to the toilet and they're like, oh, I've got my period. And they don't have any symptoms. Okay. Women spend three days in bed, are in absolute agony, take loads of painkillers. Your mm. mood will change drastically like the week before you start to bleed. Right. There's, You can have nothing. You can have everything. You can have everything in between. It's madness how different women are. Um. My sisters, I've got two older sisters. My eldest one didn't have any issues at all. My middle sister suffered. She had endometriosis. Okay. So endometriosis is when, so. Um, why now, are you talking? Is it because I'm, I'm genuinely really, I'm already like, I don't, I, I know these things. I don't know what they are. <laughs> what, what's the period? No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's like, I don't really know that much about it and it happens in my body because yeah. also you do do like sex education and yeah. it's not really in that great detail and it's so long ago I mean I don't remember much and that was obviously a very long time ago that I was in school but yeah. so obviously every month your lining of your womb you get blood goes into you you make a lining of the womb in case you your egg gets fertilized yeah so you need the oh, stuff in there for the pain. Why the eggs there? I'm joking. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Your egg gets dispatched. Yes. And then it gets fertilised or it doesn't get fertilised. And obviously okay. if it doesn't get fertilised, your lining of your womb comes away. Right. And that's your period. That's when you bleed mm -hmm. for five to seven to ten days. Five to seven days, not ten days. Well, you might bleed well. <laughs> Some women bleed for two weeks, but we'll get I'm already going to say I didn't know it could be this. When you said about, um, you know, obviously I've lived with women with how we've had mothers, but I didn't realise it, like you say about how it can, well, just the fact of how they can affect a person. I didn't really realise that that could be particularly different or how long it might last particularly either. So I'm already learning. Good. Come on, continue, T. Endometriosis is when the lining of the womb <clears throat> forms outside of the womb. Right. So you can have endometriosis anywhere in your body. They found it on the brain before. Okay. You can have it other organs, you can have it, well, you can have it anywhere. Oh. Think about it. Have you seen Stranger Things? Yes. You know the monster in Stranger Things when it kind of splits off and then all comes back together and it's all like the bloody... That's what I imagine endometriosis to be like, just like this bloody... Oh, oh lovely. It, it's sticky, like it sticks stuff together. Like when they go in, to remove it, they have to like laser it off and it, yeah. it gets stuck to your other organs. It's awful stuff. And so every month when you're releasing your the lining of your womb, so when, you're, when you start to bleed, everything starts to bleed. Right. Endometriosis that's everywhere else bleeds oh. as i'm saying this i'm thinking but that can't be true but it is it's like it's it's horrendous that's why you can have such bad pains basically yeah, yeah. so my sister had that and i was 
oh, I don't know, I was about 18. So I kind of knew what endometriosis was, but <sighs> you're, so what they do is they put you on the pill so you don't have periods because if you yeah. don't have periods, it doesn't, it doesn't grow. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so they just stop you from having periods. So they stop you from ovulating. Is that what happened? I should know this. See, I don't know. I don't know. What does the pill okay. do? No, listen, I can assure you when you came on it, I was not thinking she is going to be the font of all knowledge. I want you, know, you to know, as long as you know a bit about what you've been through, that will probably be <laughs> enough. About what I've been through. But yeah. yeah, so they basically stop your periods to stop the endometriosis from increasing. Okay. Anyway, so when I, so I've always had problems with my periods. I got taken to the doctors when I was about 19 and they offered me a laparoscopy, which is when they go inside your belly button with a camera and they kind of look around to see what's going on. Okay. Now I was with my dad and he, the doctor that I saw was very much of the women have painful periods and that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. But if you want, we can give you this surgery to have a look and see if there's anything more going on, but surgery carries a risk. Yeah. So when we left, my dad was like, if you don't need to have surgery, you shouldn't have surgery. Yeah. I was a bit like, all right, fair enough. So I never looked into anything further than that. Mm. So fast forward on, I think I got pregnant when I was 32 with my eldest. And when I went for my first scan, they discovered that I had a 10 centimeter cyst on my ovary. So 10 mm. centimeters is well, you know how big 10 centimetres is. Your womb, I think, is probably around 10 centimetres in total. Like, your womb isn't actually very big. Obviously, when you get a baby in it, it starts to grow. Um... The fact that I had this big cyst. <laughs> <laughs> the cyst was quite big. Do you know what I mean? Like, a 10 yeah, centimetre yeah. was quite big. Uh -huh. so, but they kind of said, there's nothing to worry about. It will probably disperse as the baby gets bigger. Okay. Go back and have scans, like, every... I think it was every couple of weeks or every month anyway, because I was, it was like a risk. Yeah. Then I was, she was born in the February and it was in the November. So how pregnant was I? How many months? So I was six how months pregnant. Yeah. I had the worst, I was at an antenatal class. Mm. First time parents. And I got the worst stomach pains. I had to call for an ambulance to take me away. Obviously it was a dramatic and you know so right. I went to the hospital and they discovered that my she'd mm. burst cyst basically because she was as the baby grew she'd burst it but the pain was absolutely awful so I was in hospital for about a week I think on gas and air oh yeah very because when I went in the doctor was like well you might go into labor and if that happens there's a very low chance of the baby surviving and I was yeah. just fucking hell yeah it was all fine. She's here. She's 12 and it, everything's fine. Um, Can confirm I've met her. She's mental. <laughs> That's right. So that happened. Mm -hmm. So then after, I don't, I can't remember now if it was after Lola or after Juno, who's my second daughter, mm. that I had kind of checkups to see about how my sisters were going on. When I got pregnant with my second, I didn't, I had a few cysts, but they were smaller cysts. And I think after I had her, actually, maybe they give me a couple of more scans, but then they kind of discharged me and just said, they're nothing to worry about. Yeah. So two and a half years ago, I started running and I did a half marathon in the, at the beginning of the May, I think it was. And then a couple of weeks later, 
I woke up, uh, it was about four o'clock in the morning and I had really, really bad stomach pains. Mm. And I ended up taking myself to A&E. It, my mum and dad were here, luckily. So I didn't wake anyone up. And I went to A&E and the doctor told me that it was a suspected birth cyst. And I was like, oh God, yeah, actually I've had one of those before. And yes, it is. It's the same kind of pain. So they gave me some painkillers and sent me home. But they, I was basically put through the two week seeing quickly process that they do just in case it's cancer yeah. so, I mean so I got I had an I had a scan quite quickly and I got seen by a, doc, a gynecologist within two weeks and they discovered that I had a mass um and so they had sent me for an MRI because they didn't know what the mass was they didn't think yeah. it was anything dodgy but they obviously yeah. wanted to check out. Yeah, absolutely. so the gynecologist that I saw at the hospital was a woman and even though we knew that I'd had a birth cyst, she still tried to say that the pain that I'd had when I'd taken myself to A&E yeah. could have been wind, which wind is very painful. I've had track yeah. wind before, and that is really painful. Or I know, to, to me, you're playing down how much pain a cyst is then, because I surely a birth cyst is a lot more painful than wind. I've had I've had two babies, and I did have drugs yeah. when I had babies but I've I mean I've got quite a lot of tattoos they don't hurt me that much I, I think I've got quite a high pain threshold yeah. for me to take myself to A&E yeah like, do you know what I mean plus I've had period pains all my life which I've yeah. kind of and I was like you know that I've had a cyst but why are you still trying to tell me that it's something else right but this is a common theme of women's experience not getting listened to okay. and trying to say oh well it's probably just something else no. listening to what you're experiencing your own in your own body mm-hmm. so I went and had the MRI and then they told me that I had endometriosis and I had two 10 centimeter cysts on my ovaries right um so I had another um which actually, I don't know if the cyst had burst or if I'd had another cyst that then burst, actually. Right. I've just thought about this now. Yeah. Because it turns out... Oh, no, I'll tell you that later. But Spoiler, spoiler alert. Because <laughs> it couldn't have burst, because I still... Have, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to see a gynaecologist, and they... So the symptoms of endometriosis are heavy, painful periods, mm-hmm. which I have pain during sex which I didn't have um and irregular periods I think but I didn't really have any of the symptoms so they were like well I think they you're, the treatment is they put you on the pill and I was like I'm not going on the pill I've never been able to take the pill it makes me crazy I haven't got any symptoms so just leave me yeah just leave it as it is kind of thing so that was that and then about a month later at home and the pain started again and I was here with my sister and my kids and we were due to go on holiday a couple of days later and they had to take me to hospital because I was literally in so much it was awful it was absolutely awful Mm. so I was put on morphine and I ended up I was in hospital for a week and I was on morphine the pain, I've never experienced anything like it. It was like someone was giving me a Chinese burn 
but inside but it was constant there was no like it had hurt and then it'd stop like a contraction pain when it kind of goes through like a rhythm it was just constant and the only thing that would stop it was the morphine yeah so they they said again it might be a burst cyst which I was like okay well I have got cyst so that's probably what it is Mm. I think I had scans but they the scans were showing the cyst was still there I don't really know what was going on they I was just basically can just get everything out just take everything out I'm not having any more kids I don't need it just give me a hysterectomy but they don't want to do that because I'm young because I am very young still um so I got, I got discharged from hospital and I was sick because I then the pain kind of stopped I didn't have morphine for like 24 hours so they were like okay you can go home now um and I had another appointment with a gynecologist and they were basically saying they were just going over the same stuff, really, just saying, yeah, this is the situation and we'll have another appointment later. So I asked to get referred to UCLH because I was at Whips Cross is my local hospital. That's in near where I live in Leightonstone. Mm. UCLH is in near Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, near Euston, Euston Road, that way. My friend had... Um, been seen there by a doctor privately but this doctor is an NHS doctor and he has like an endometriosis clinic and she was like it was really good there go there so I got referred to go there Mm -hmm. and I had to wait quite a long time for an appointment but when I got it they were like they they'd seen my scans from whips and they said Mm -hmm. you need to have a hysterectomy basically um but I had to wait so they said it was going to be six months, but it was a year in the end. Yeah. I still haven't had my date through from WIPS. They said that they'd remove my cysts and get rid of my endometriosis, but wouldn't give me a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, is when they remove the endometriosis, it can come back. Okay. Cysts can come back as well. Yeah. Um. In between all this time, I did end up in hospital again, but that was only for one night. Mm-hmm. Um. But when, so after I had the hysterectomy, the doctor said to me that she thinks that the cysts were twisting my ovaries. And I was like, that's what it felt like. It didn't feel, they weren't bursting, they were twisting yeah. my ovaries. So I imagine it'd be like someone twisting one of your balls. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Pain, like, but just constant. Yeah. No, there was, it was the worst pain ever, ever. I can't. I, I do. I remember speaking to you at the time, and you. I mean, I guess as well. I think the thing that's quite mad is obviously time. Once time passes, you you kind of sometimes forget how painful it was. But the fact that even now you're still like it was. It was. Horrendous, I think is quite is quite telling, and I can remember speaking to you at the time about it anyway. But yeah. When I had when I come out of the hysterectomy, I was linked. I was hooked up to a morphine <laughs> machine that I could press a button and get morphine. <laughs> yes, I remember this. I didn't use it at all. When I was in A&E crying, I was left for five hours and I was basically on the floor crying for someone to give me some morphine. And I think, I don't know whether they thought that I was a crackhead maybe or I wasn't really that ill or I don't know. But I was like, I can't believe that I'm hooked up to a machine where I can get it at any time. I don't want it. (laughs) And when I needed it, but anyway. But the doctor said to me that she thought that I must have a high pain threshold because of what was in me for me to have not been in agony the whole time yeah so, so I was like yes see thank you I have got a bad brain threshold it just was really painful um but yeah they basically took everything away mm. um 
So now I had to go on to HRT because they took my ovaries and your ovaries are what make the hormones. Yeah. So I've had to go on to, but I had to wait. You could explain that to the two men because again, like, didn't really know that, I'm going to be honest. I did. Oh, you're so feminine. <laughs> no, my kids are older, aren't they? So I've got, I've got older daughters. It's oh. like, I was thinking when you were saying about uh, the difference in heavy periods, my daughter spent all day in bed yesterday because uh, because she came on and she was like, I don't know what's wrong. I've got a headache. And, and then she came on and she messaged yeah. me because I was at a funeral yesterday. And she goes, don't worry, I've come on. I know what it is now. I just want chocolate. So <laughs> she just stayed in bed. How old is she? Uh, that one's 17. So I... As I, I, when I started, when I found out I had endometriosis and I was doing the podcast, I decided to talk to people because once you find out you've got something, then when I talk to people about it, so many women suffer with it or they have fibroids, which I'm not sure what the fibroids actually are, but they're just like massive things in you um, that can cause really heavy periods or pain. Mm. So many women go through it and endometriosis can start as soon as you start your periods. So I probably had endometriosis my whole life Yeah. because I never had the laparoscopy when I was 19. Yeah. I didn't find out about it. It doesn't show up on, it doesn't necessarily show up on uh, ultrasound. So obviously I've had ultrasounds because of the babies, but it, it showed up when I had the MRI. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I probably have had it. I've got, my friend Lois, she's always had awful periods. She's always in bed for two days when she comes on. She bleeds really heavily. But she's not done anything about it because, one, it's a pain in the ass trying to get a doctor's appointment. Yeah, yeah. They just It's just seen as part of being a woman. Right. And also, they don't really know. They don't know why you get endometriosis. Mm. When, I was, um, when I was in the hospital... The first time, one of the gynecologists that came round apologised to me and said, we're really sorry. We don't really know a lot about endometriosis. We are trying to fix that. Because I was just like, why does it hurt so much? Now I know it was because my ovaries were twisting. Yeah. At the time, I was like, why can I be fine for for weeks, months, yeah. and then all of a sudden out of the blue? But I now realised it was when I was running. So when... I was in hospital in August, then again in November, and then in March, I ran. And it had been the first time I'd run since November because I looked at my Strava app and I started getting pain again. And I was like, oh, it's because I'm fucking running. So I think where I I did the half marathon, I was doing a lot of training. Maybe I kind of was, because obviously it's a lot of impact, isn't it? Yourself against the floor. And I think maybe I dislodged something or maybe the cysts were more Mm -hmm. stuck and I kind of loosened them. And that's when then they started to twist the ovaries because they were so big and they were full of blood. So they were heavy. Um, But I definitely think it's the running that did me because I was, I ran in the August then I went into hospital then again in the November and I went into hospital. I don't know why I didn't think about this at the time, but it was like, there's a lot going on in it. But basically what you're trying to sum up and say is that health is bad for you and exercise, exercise is bad. Dangerous. Yeah, as, as a karate instructor, I'd like to second that. Yeah, yeah. Health and fitness and and all sorts of goodness for you are actually really bad. As an athlete myself, I would like to agree that yes, it, it does. Athlete. Yeah. To be fair, I destroyed my. Knee. I feel bad now. Being like, well, I destroyed my knee playing football, doing health, but then it feels. Here we go. Football. It feels bad. 
skiing and running. I know. Well, actually, so my kind of go back to when you it's because you talk about impact, and yeah, that was one of the things that my um, my physio actually did say that running is is like it's it is terrible for you, mm. the joints and everything else. But the, on a treadmill, I think. Yes, that's the only time I really run. Anything I don't possible. run. I just don't run. So, so any sort of fitness or anything, I'll do skipping. Mm. Not yeah. like fucking, you know, double Dutch jobby with yeah. two people I at the gym gonna, holding. I was yeah. going to make that joke. You were. No. Proper, you know, like boxing, kickboxing, skipping. Yeah. Or swimming. So They'll be the things. So swimming, I mean, I know we're going on a bit of a tangent here, as we always do on this podcast. Mm. But yeah, I, I really, I mean, it's not, I'm not even ashamed to go, I can't really swim. I, I swam as a kid, but I can't really swim now. I really want to learn to swim so I can just swim. Kid, why can't you swim now? I don't know. <laughs> I just, it just, it just, it's a mess, all right? Look, I promise you, if anyone saw me swimming, you'd be like, what the fuck is he doing? Shit, he's drowning. What? I really want to see you swimming now. Oh, it would be embarrassing, but yeah, no, I, I genuinely, it's getting to the point where I think I might, I might just be a, put my big boy pants on and get some swimming lessons. I don't think it... I imagine it's just my technique is a bit wrong. And because I'm so just not... I haven't... I haven't... I probably haven't even properly tried to swim in, like, 20-odd years. Like, yes, I've been in pools and, like, I can paddle along and I'm not going to drown, but, yeah. Should we go to the pool? No. And I'll do it, like, when when I did it with my kids and you just hold them there and go, go on, well done, kick your legs. Isn't funny. I can, I can hold you out there. I've got real complex about this and you're hurting me on my feels. Shut up, you haven't got any feelings. Yeah. Going back to, to what you were saying, did you feel at any time of any of your interactions with the, the doctors and, and hospitals and everything that you were just being kind of almost dismissed? Yes, every time. Yeah. Because I, I had this with, with my ex-wife, second one. Um, she, oh. when, when she gave birth to um, our son, she actually got an infection, which then got misdiagnosed as just sort of like the after effects of, of giving birth to Sammy. But she nearly died. Because, and it was only because they gave her the wrong drug, completely the wrong drug. And then I think it was some midwife just had a second look and went, yeah, I think that's an infection. And it's something that left untreated. She just yeah. would have died. My lovely friend Neelam, she always suffered with her periods, like really suffered. She was tiny. She was like four foot ten or something ridiculous. And she, I don't, I can't remember now whether she, she did used to go to the doctors, but I don't know if they dismissed her. I'm not really sure what happened. I would imagine it was the same with every woman. It's just like, it's just part of being a woman. Just get on with it. Mm. But they did eventually um, look into it and she had, really big fibroids in her and she was put on she had to take these tablets for three months to try and shrink them before they take them out I think with me I was on estrogen blocking injections for well it's supposed to be three months before my surgery but then it turned into six months because my surgery got put back so many times mm. um and that was to shrink everything so they could pull it out <laughs> Everyone was like because I had a laparoscopy Laparoscopy. Uh, yeah, that one. They were like, how did they get it out? You know, it's like they can pull it out. You're funny. I'm trying to correct her and then get it wrong. That's close. <laughs> but yeah, so she. So anyway, so um, but unfortunately, when they did go and do the surgery to get them out, they discovered that she had cancer. So they had to give her a full hysterectomy. 
Um, and sadly, she's no longer with us. She, for about five years, I think it was, she was back and forth. She had it in one place and they treat it and then she'd get it somewhere else. And, um, but I don't know if, I don't know if she'd been dealt with sooner, would they have found the cancer sooner? And I, I mean, I don't, she had it so bad. I don't know if anything would have prevented what happened. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Been, yeah, my, my mum had a similar thing. So when she first was feeling ill, she had exactly that same situation where she went to a GP and was basically, it's like, a, oh, it's an infection, here's some antibiotics. And then it's only because, a bit like what you were saying earlier about knowing your body and knowing how you feel and, and basically not being a bloke about it and just going, oh, it's probably, oh, I can't go to the doctors. It was only then when she went to the hospital and then they started to look into things more. And, and again, I, I genuinely don't think her being kind of dismissed was had any kind of factor in what's happened now. But it, it, I think it, it does seem to be, uh, and I'm, I, no one wants to knock GPs in the NHS, but it does seem to be quite a common thing where because you maybe don't know enough about something, you just take it, uh, they'll just kind of go, oh, it's this, this, this face value. And then it's, and actually it's not. And there's, you do, you go, you know, you do hear of so many cases where people get sent away for things and they completely shouldn't be sent away with it. I wonder how much it would cost or how, if everyone just had like every few years, like an overall body scan or an MOT, something, surely they would catch so many cases of things yeah. early enough to actually do something about them rather than you fighting to get an appointment and to get seen. You you can pay for things like that privately because you think like comedians and people that go on tours have to have medicals and that's essentially all they do they just go and have a full that thought in fact it's one of my it's funny you say that because i've got a friend i work with and her dad is uh he does like race car stuff and they have to have medicals and again purely because of this he had cancer that got caught quite early so it it does (laughs) if you've got the money or in your if you're you know (laughs) in a in a in the right money field organization you get those opportunities. If you're uh, ordinary, you don't, basically. Which is, you know, is what it is, I suppose. But the thing is, when, when I was ill, yeah. I went to the doctor on the Monday, and I think by the Wednesday, I'd, I'd been to see three or four different, like, specialists and GPs and, and everything else. They passed me from one for this scan to then to mm. the hospital, and then I the scan or two there. I think it was literally two days, and they said, yeah, you've got cancer. And, it, and it's just... Oh, wow. But yeah, I hear all these other stories of, of, of women who are just like, get on with it. It's just, you know, mm. it's it's that time of life. You're probably starting the menopause. You, see, you seem to get mm. shooed away quite a lot. Women definitely do. If it's anything gynecological, then it is definitely. But yeah. it, my whole experience has made me... So my girls are 12 and 9, nearly 10. Mm. Neither of them have started their periods yet. Um but they're both showing signs of things. But I'm just like now from my experience and knowing how many women do have problems, I will be on them if they are in bed or having really heavy periods or very painful periods, then I will look to get them help. But that being said, I don't actually know what can be done about it because the endometriosis is lasered off. Are they... 
how many times are you going to laser it off because it just comes back yeah so that's why it can come back even if i had it all removed yeah it still come back because you'd basically not you you wouldn't be able to have any estrogen but you need estrogen that helps your brain like my brain fog is ridiculous now because obviously i'm i mean i'm on the hrt so i'm i am better than i was but it still yeah. is to take that away completely and there's other, i don't know if that helps your bones as well but you, you do need these things right um so i can't stop them from having estrogen stop feeding the yeah so even if they do have endometriosis what do i do about it i don't really want them going on the pill because mm. i don't like the idea of the pill i never have <clears throat> so it's really it's really tough actually because it's not like they've developed a cure they don't even know why women get it i mean why would why would that happen why would the lining of the womb leave the womb <laughs> and grow elsewhere you know what what is the purpose of Oh, I, have, I have no sensible answer. I was about to say you're asking two of the yeah, wrong people here. Yeah. yeah. And it's no, but that's the thing, like you say, it, it, try and keep an eye out for these things with my daughters. I've got three three daughters, stepdaughter, um, and two sons. And and it's like they're all different. So like my actual eldest, who's 19, she she will suffer and it will be heavy and it will be painful and everything else. My 17 year old, um, like I say, would just yesterday just laid in bed. But is that because it's really bad or because she's 17 and fucking lazy? So because, because when I then suggested to her, do you want to go for a walk? She's like, yeah, okay, cool. Because she'd had her painkillers and everything else. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't horrific. I think she just wanted to be on TikTok for the whole day because she's on holiday from work. And but that's fair enough. Yeah, and exactly, and fair enough. Just which I'm gonna. It's called Period Queen, and I read it um, just before I was about to have my hysterectomy, so it didn't really make any difference to me. But it's about because you you go through a cycle, and it's about the four different stages of that cycle and how you can realize what's happening and prepare for them and then basically use them because periods are very powerful right. <laughs> like they are like the way that they change how you feel like yeah. so when you're ovulating is it when you're so when you when you've stopped bleeding you've got loads of energy and you feel really great and that's the time to get loads of stuff done because you're buzzing and you feel like you yeah. can and then when you're ovulating i think that's when you might be creative okay that makes sense yeah like a more when you're more creative and you can do more things and then there's a time when you're kind of more in yourself so you want to rely on other people to do things for you yeah okay and then but it's honestly it's absolutely amazing so i'm going to tell you because every woman should read it and i think if every woman did read it, it would change their relationship with their body because right. it, it kind of teaches you to see your period as a good thing and as a powerful thing rather than hating it and hating what your body's going through yeah. and hating the way you're feeling. It's kind of a, it's kind of a way to kind of accept what it, cause you but can't do anything about it. Spin on it, isn't it? It's always easy to kind of sit and look at anything as, oh, this is bad, but actually I suppose it's just that trying to put us or putting a, a spin on it and yeah, looking at it from a different way. That's really, that's really, can you say what that was again? What was that called? Cool? 
period queen. I'm going to mm. Google now. I've messaged her asking if she'll come on my podcast that I don't do anymore. Oh, okay. mentioning your podcast again. <laughs> this isn't free advertisement, Miss Borman. My uh, mum and mama. Period. <laughs> this is no good for your um, marketing. Your we, we always Google and, and stuff like this. Yeah. yeah period queen, and it's by Lucy Peach. Lucy Peach. There you go, everyone. Honestly, honestly it, it, I was like, I wish I'd fucking... Re- I'd started my periods when I was 11. If yeah. I'd have read this when I was... Well, probably... Because I've said to Lola, she's got to read it, but she probably won't really appreciate it until she's a little bit older. Yeah. yeah. Because we don't... Periods are dirty, they're disgusting, we can't talk about them, no one wants to know about them. But actually, they're the reason why we're here. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we didn't mm-hmm. have... They're, the, they're what helps our babies, so... We've got to kind of see it more as a blessing and more as a powerful thing rather than a... Then obviously that's hard to do if you're in absolute agony. <laughs> yeah. But then there's... there's It's kind of like exercise has really, really helped me. I've come to it later in life, but oh my God, like... So I've not been to the gym. I've just started back at the gym this year. I've not been... Mm-hmm. Since last November, I kind of stopped um, working out really. My health was really bad. I think yeah. where my... I had my issues going on. Mm. My immune system was not very good. So I was just getting sick constantly. Plus mentally, I was so low and down and Mm. fed up with waiting for this fucking operation that was horrible. So I just, I didn't exercise. And the fact that I didn't exercise as well made me feel really shit. And now Mm. I'm back doing it. It's made me realise how much it helps my mental health and also moving my body makes me feel... There's this... um, girl that does this movement is medicine thing which is really good as well but mm. some of it's a bit but it's basically about your nervous <laughs> and about how you need to move and it does make you feel better and I wish that I'd learned that when I was younger because yeah. I think exercising when you can and you feel like you've got it in you to do it will help you when you're not feeling like you can do you know what I mean like it kind yeah, of definitely. Definitely. Did you did you come to the whole exercise helping on your own, or was that any help from any medical professional ever? No, no. I I split up with my girl's dad uh, nine years ago, and my youngest was eighteen months. I was still carrying the baby weight. I put on five stone with Juno. You know? Like I I put on half my body weight. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen pictures. It's really funny. It is. <laughs> no, but the worst thing was, was the first 20 weeks, I was so sick, I couldn't keep anything down. So I literally put on five stone in 20 weeks. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, she was 11. So it wasn't like she was that big a baby. Oh. Um, and I was just like, I need to have sex again. <laughs> I need to sort myself out. And... Also, I needed to make sure that I was in the best health possible for my girls because I was like, I was what they had now. And I was worried that their father wasn't carrying on down the best healthy path. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to sort my shit out. I need to get fit and I need to be healthy. And also I want to show them, I want to be positive role model for them. I want them to show them that they are capable and they can be strong and do anything they want to do and I started doing the body coach, funnily enough. Oh. Joe Wicks. It was oh, when oh, yeah. And so I did that for a couple of years, but then I kind of like plateaued 
and I found a gym locally and I've been going there for five years. What's the name your gym? Blueprint Fitness. You, you always do it on social media. So and that's hence why I know what it was as well. But you can, I, I know, well, to be fair, I, I know it's been really good for you. And they're very, very pro. I like, I like when you post some of the stuff about the classes and there's a lot of uh, togetherness with all your lot and all your little women pals there as well. It, they've just done a massive they raised 14 grand for the local children's hospice they did a sled push for 24 hours this sled was being constantly pushed up and down the track which is disgusting i've done this we've done sleds before fucking horrible they're not well everyone it's so funny like even still now people are really they're hip flexors yeah like, just in bits I sadly I didn't do it because I'm just starting back at it was like literally oh, oh I really wanted to, I really want to help guys I'll just oh oh I'm a bit so oh, excuses pathetic not everyone can be a fucking hero shut up <laughs> wind your neck in <laughs> shut up oh bro. I climbed the mountain this weekend <sighs> so shut Why up climb the mountain was it just for you or is it are you raising money for charity it's a fucking show do you want to know well actually I've, when we first got, well, my friend mentioned it, and I was like, I've always wanted to do it anyway. And it was uh, not long after I found out my mum was ill, and I just thought, you know what? It'll be really good to just get out and do something and kind of take my mind off it. Obviously, this we're talking about that was what months ago now. Mm. So then now it's come round. It was just a, a kind of it was cool to. It's two guys that I don't always see all the time, so it was just cool to do that and hang out with them and whatnot. But. But yeah, it was that. That was why. Like I, like I said at the start before we were recording, I thought it was going to be a bit more spiritual <laughs> than it actually was. It turned out to just be uh, hard work walking up a really big hill. How did you? Uh, I think we were about, about five hours. I don't really know because we also had the map also took us to and from the car park. So I think we done it in about four and a half hours. But we've actually up and down. Yeah, we done like there were like three. There's three peaks in in Brecon, three main peaks, and we done. Don't forget though, Amy. He's only got little legs. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> trust me. Speaking of little legs, <laughs> Amy is actually an ant. You know she's drinking, and it looks like she's drinking out of the bars. Yeah, it's actually a thimble. Is it? Yeah. Oh right, she's a borrower. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> really? I thought it was funny when you were talking about your mate, and she's like, "Oh, she's only about four foot 11. I'm five foot four <laughs> in heels, average height. <laughs> right? Um, how is your how is your health now? Then how are you now? Right, I'm. I feel because now I'm back at the gym and I'm seeing people, and they're like, "How are you?" And I'm like, "I'm all right, but I feel weird because so I've I've started HRT, yeah. so I'm." I'm quicker to anger. So when the girls annoy me, I'm quite a laid back person, but they'll do something and I'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe you've done it. And then I really just go in on them about it, which isn't very nice. And then I'm like, I'm sorry. They're like, it's all right. And I'm quicker to get upset as well. Right. So if something sad comes on the telly, I'll be like, I mean, not all the time, actually. We went to see um, Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. And a trailer come on for the new Michael Caine film about him being a soldier and going back to France. Have you seen the trailer? No. It I, it done me. You went to the cinema and cried during a trailer. <laughs> so I think I need to tweak my, I think it's the progesterone that does your mood swings, but it's, I'm taking a tablet and then I've got a gel. Oh. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, but I've got to take it for three months before they'll, it's just a... on the whole, I'm 
I'm good. I'm doing I'm doing this dance event on Saturday and I'm really excited about it because I'm going and I know that I can go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fucking dick. <laughs> I'm really excited. It's gonna be 300 women learning a dance routine in Tottenham Port Road. Oh dear. That sounds... Towering and sorry, gonna... that's Saturday coming. What? Is that a Saturday coming? Yeah, yeah, on Saturday. Oh, work and I'm so gonna have to try and just, just to come and <laughs> up to net in Tottenham Court Road. There might still oh, be tickets left actually. I don't need um, a ticket, I just need to, I just want to drive past whilst I'm at work and laugh at you. You specifically. Everyone else, fine. Whatever. But yeah. it is like I can make plans and I know that I'm gonna do them because yeah. for the last year I've not been able to make any plans really because I yeah. didn't know when I was gonna get pain or I didn't know when I was get sick or and I was just fed up, really. And I was so sick of blowing people out as well. Like, I come, I was doing the dating apps and I got rid of all of them because it was like, we'd be like, oh, when can you meet? And it's hard enough anyway because I'm a single. Well, no one wanted to meet you. <laughs> what are you lying for? One person, all right. There was one person saying, but I was like, well, I can't make any plans because I don't, I've, I've got to make plans in advance anyway because I need to get childcare. But then I was like, but then I don't know if I'm going to be sick. So I was like, Do you know what? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, I remember talking to you about stuff like that. And I remember when, um, like you say, especially when it was getting closer and you're like, I guess you just had that mentality of, I just want it, just want the surgery now. I want it gone and just see, because they say, and there is a difference in you. You, you. you do seem like a weight's been lifted, I think. But yeah, it is a relief. And it was, it was like moved. I think I'd, my sixth date was the date that it happened. Yeah. Like I, it got cancelled so many times and it was just like when you think it can't I got told twice that it would never get moved again yeah. you know um but it is like a wait and I, I worked we went on holiday and I worked out and that was the first time I'd kind of worked out with my sister we just did like a little online thing and I cried at the end of it because I was like it was just so nice to be me again do you know what I mean and mm. yeah you know, that's lovely yeah I hate that I'm having this conversation like we Bear in mind how close we are, but we never you you don't have a conversation like this, and it's really fucking nice to be honest. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to be a prick. No, man, it's <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Um, something I wanted to touch upon a little bit is because you were just saying about how uh, women kind of get get pushed away a, a bit, like at the doctors. Do do you think there's any any do, basically? Do you think that is because of gender, or do you think it's do you, do you know yeah what what is it they don't women's i have to remember things it was like medicine was based on men wasn't it i wouldn't know because i'm too young they've done well this is back when i was young yeah <laughs> they've never really looked into women's health it's just right. never really been a thing yeah really. So they haven't got the knowledge. Yeah. And I suppose it's the funding, isn't it? Now, who is anyone going to fund them to do extensive research on endometriosis? Because like I said, like even if they know that we've got it, if they don't really know, what are they going to do about it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If the unless they have to invent some new way of getting rid of it or stopping yeah. it from starting. But I just I don't know if the money's there. I don't know if anyone really cares enough because we're all getting on with it. Yeah, exactly that. Um but yeah, so it's just ingrained sexism, isn't it? Really, I mean, we have come, we have come a long way, but it's still. I mean, you look at all the Russell Brand stuff that's just happened. Like, did you watch the documentary? I haven't seen it, no, so that, that all. If there was a snippet of on, on the mountains. Um, 
I think it was from 2000, 2006, but he was talking about blowjobs. And yeah. I'm sitting there watching it thinking, this is fucking awful. But I remember that I would have been watching that at the time laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. I get that. I get so that. That was kind of what we laughed at because it's accepted to mm. think. The language and the behaviour was a lot more accepted then than now. And there was something that I read as well about the fact that he went out with was it Peaches and Pixie, Bob Geldof's daughters, and Noel Fielding as well? And they were like fucking 31 and 33, and these girls are like 16 and 18. Yeah. I'm thinking that the girls were slags for going out with them, but they were fucking children. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That, the way that we looked at things, and that was that was recent, wasn't it? That was... Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's not that long ago. Like you say, there's stuff that especially with Russell Brand that I look back on now with hindsight and you're like, oh, fucking hell, that's mental. Because that, like you say, just because it's so wouldn't happen now, it wouldn't be accepted now. And yeah, like, I guess that's just, especially with all the stuff. And I suppose this kind of links together as well. So what, we, you know, you're talking about going to doctors and, and them not taking it seriously. And I know this is now going away from illnesses, but have you had experiences of where, you know, there's there's kind of stuff that you you want to report or, or I mean that's a bit that's a bit I don't know it's a bit personal. I've, I've never had any um I'm I've never been sexually assaulted. I mean I've been touched up inappropriately in clubs and stuff. Yeah. You know, par for the course. Interestingly, you say that that's mad. Yeah. That doesn't happen that's to us. No, that is just... you say that it, it oh, has God. happened to me. Oh, all right. Sorry. I've... Yeah. All right. Maybe it's just you. Me. But the, yeah, but the difference is, is because so this is a time when when I wasn't just doing the bouncing on the um uh, on the door, I was also you know taking orders, making shishas and all the rest of it. And there's a group of women who are at the back, and all of a sudden there's a hand on my leg and my ass and everything. The difference is, is I said to them, my hearing isn't touch activated. I can fucking hear you perfectly, all right. You don't have to touch me. But that's because I'm six foot one and an asshole. Hmm. It, it's that sense of entitlement of, and I see it all the time with the waitresses that, that work here. Yeah. The fact is there's a touch on the arm or there's a touch on the hip yeah. and everything. It's like, you wouldn't do it. They're just, and I, I've had to, I've had to tell the, the girls that work here that if they get any issues, yeah, then just tell them that I'm your dad or something, which they've done. And they're like, yeah, you can have my number. Ask the security. He's my dad. Yeah. And, and it works because they're like, Oh no, you're all right. In that case. <laughs> But again, it's that sense of entitlement. We had one of our customers was was followed by another customer mm. and just harassed for her number. And she felt so scared. She she gave some contact detail out. It's mad. And he's there, stood there going, text me now. No, that text me now. It's just... It is scary. But yeah. that's, it's like in places now they have the... Is it Angela? Call for Angela. Yeah, yeah uh, Angela shop. Yeah. Yeah. No, Angel shop. No, there is a thing though. Yeah, that, that Angela. The, yeah, ask for Angela, but there's an angel shot. If you go to the bar, rather than ask for if Angela's working, you can ask for an angel shot. And it's like an angel shot. If you want it neat, it means one thing. If you want it on the rocks, it means call the police. And if you want two of that or something, there's there's some. I'll try and post it as well. There's I yeah. think I posted it before where it, how you ask for the angel shot determines what level of help you actually are needing. Right. And then you just ask the bouncer, and the bouncer just fucking escort him out. If it's like on the right, yeah. when you leave, but there's so many things. Like when um, was it the Sarah Everard thing when we were all talking about how it is when you go out with a group of a night, like it's 
when the girls get home, you always text your mates to see how you got home because that's how mm. you do. And then men were saying, oh, we never do that. No. But it's all little things that you're just so used to doing. And actually, it's funny. Right. That, like, again, I've got girl mates, that, you know, from work and stuff. And I'd be the same. I'd, I'll say to them, let me know you get back all right. I wouldn't say that to most of my, most of my mate, my, like my male colleagues, but yeah. I wouldn't. It's fucked, in it? It's the worst. It's but I had this after that Sarah Everard because that was around the corner from me, wasn't it? And the fact is, is that I, I was teaching a, a women's self-defence and I said, it's all right for me. I can walk down the street at three o'clock yeah. in the morning and do what the fuck I like. I don't have to consider whether I put one earphone in or two yeah. earphones in. I don't have to walk around with keys in between my fingers. Yeah. And it's like, I know that you guys have to. And, and I hate having to teach that. I hate having to teach my daughters this is how you walk down the street. We, I remember, like and you said about several of I remember we saw this at work, and it's like, it's mad. We was, I was talking about it with one of my colleagues, and we are saying about, like, well, it's wrong that you, as a female, can't walk across, like, Clapham Common at night. And then you also feel conflicted, because it's like, when you say, like, if you say to someone, don't, don't do that, you feel like you're almost victim, blaming, because you're just like going, don't do that, because if you do, you might get hurt. It's like, yeah. that's, that's fucking mental. I had to do it with my daughter the other day. She had some boy that wanted to take her for a walk. Yeah. And it got later and later, and then it gets dark, and it was about half past ten, and this fucking idiot still hadn't turned up. And uh, she goes, oh, we just wanted to go for a walk on the common. No. And my answer was, absolutely not. Yeah. She goes, oh, well, I'll be with, it, with this boy. Nearly named him. Um, <laughs> I'll be with this boy. And I'm like, well, I don't give a shit. And as far as I'm concerned, only with my children, it's unless you're with me, then I don't trust anyone else. And you're certainly not because there was that video about Clapham Common where some girl was getting harassed by one or two other guys and someone videoed it and called them out. I went, I know what you're up to. I know what you're trying to do. Mm. You can't even walk, part, walk down. The, you can't even walk through the common. And this wasn't even dark. It wasn't even dark when she was being followed. It's just... I think we've mentioned it before. It's it's that sense of entitlement of of when the guys will go up and they put it. Let me like let me chat to you. Let me let me talk like to you. Yeah. It's, no. Did you watch that documentary thing on Channel Four about the girl pretending she was drunk? Yeah, cry my eyes out. That is. Yeah. Yeah, and but again, watching that, thinking, well, yeah, that's you always get that guy who just won't leave you. Always. Yeah. Don't get the message, and then it's like I just think if they ask a hundred girls, one of them will say yes. Like that's the attitude they have. Yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I'm but sure again, right. I I see it here. They'll ask one of the waitresses, and then she'll turn them down. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. There's three or four of them working of an evening, and they'll just go round and round yeah, and round. Ask you, and you're gutted. Yeah, I'm upset. But I'm in the corner said, crying. Said yes. Of course, yeah. I'd have said yes, but I'm stood on the door trying to look menacing. When inside, I'm just you know hurting. This, is, this is, the whole thing has been quite a serious conversation, and just about you not getting asked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you, again, is it a society thing then that was like that? Like, what is it? Is it because in positions of power as well, it's still very male-orientated? So when we look at, like, the whole Russell Brand stuff at the moment, like, why? I don't want to... Yeah, I mean, yeah, why Why wouldn't... And I know, again, this is going off on a tangent, but from your point of view, as a, a very, I think, smart and open-minded female... Why do you think that people haven't felt comfortable coming forward with some of the stuff that's happened with him? Like what? What with him? On that? Yeah, and in, and kind of in general. I mean, not just him, but you know, in general, what is it that 
means women don't feel comfortable when stuff happens saying because it's like you said as well so stuff that's happened when you've been in clubs and stuff and it's just like a oh yeah that, that's what happens mm. like wh- why is that <laughs> you um, answer that question <laughs> if you think about if you're if you go through like a serious sexual assault like yeah. that's just got to be the worst it's just got to be the worst experience so to then have to go to a police station to report it to people that you don't know who mm. are gonna i mean oh, so i know someone who worked in that area and her attitude towards the people that were going there were very much on the most of them are making it up right. and i just remember th- i mean obviously she's had her experiences yeah i remember thinking if i was sitting across a table from you having gone through what i'd gone through i wouldn't want to be there yeah. i mean how do they prove it like you've got to jump through so many hoops constantly being accused of lying really yeah to them yeah what percentage of it is it that men actually get convicted for it what's the what is the point of you reliving that and going through all of what you've got to go through so they can get what a smack on the wrists essentially if that it's always the women's fault isn't it well i there's what is it mason greenwood yeah yeah wasn't it because i always say you know they ruin men's careers has he not he's not gone he's gone back to playing football hasn't he he has yeah, and i think playing. i mean i given my job as well I'm careful what I say about things because certainly in in his thing I don't I genuinely don't know the ins and outs of it obviously but there's a I think the thing is as well is that there's that difference between not guilty and not proven yep and I think without necessarily talking about his situation but you know that those (laughs) <laughs> those those instances do happen where yeah not 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 guilty isn't not proven and yeah the Spanish footballer who was everyone saw what happened and oh the uh, the president oh that was mental yeah. no that was mental like, like people are seeing that and they still don't believe it the crazy thing I found about that was that don't get me wrong I don't think he could have ever come away from that situation and not had to say. I should, or at least offer his resignation. Yeah. But it was the fact that if he at the start had said, I'm really sorry for that happening, it was inappropriate. But in this, because it was a very excitable moment and he just went, I, you know, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Here's my resignation. It would have been fine. But it was the fact that he just doubled down. It was like, no, it's fine. Yeah, like, I've done nothing wrong. No, no, she, she, she wanted to do it as well. So what, I couldn't believe it. it have you heard they dropped her from the Spanish team? But for this. No, she. Uh, they've, she, they've said oh, no, she's she being arrested. Out, I think she said that she didn't want to be in. Loads of them have pulled out anyway. Loads of them have pulled out, but she's actually said. I read a thing where she said, "Rested from what? What am I being arrested from? Taken out of the. It's, yeah, I see. So, yeah. Yeah. It, I, wow. But, but as a man, I'll never, I'll never be on the other side of this though, and I'll never really get it. And I, that's why I think it's quite of important to sometimes have this. But I don't know we've got off the, the the kind of subject. But I do think it's important to have these conversations and like, I'm never going to fucking get it, but to try and educate yourself a bit better. And I've got a daughter now as well. Mm. So I think I owe it to her to, to kind of be switched on to life. But the thing is, it, it's, it's indicative. We're talking about, about this. It's indicative of the problem that, that women will face regardless. I know someone who, who they had, 
Okay. Uh, a sexual assault was reported on their behalf because the, they told they told the person their one of their parents found out basically didn't report it, and then the other parent they weren't together. The other parent then found out did report it, and it turns out that that this person is you know she's okay and everything else, but the mum her initial reaction was if you're lying to me, I'll never forgive you. Because it was a family member. Okay, yeah. And, and so it was like, well, how's that your fucking reaction? Mm. It's, that's your daughter. It should be a case of, right, this is the steps that we're going to take, et cetera, et cetera. So, so how is she supposed to feel safe in any sort of environment if her own mother yep. isn't going to necessarily, or, or gives her an indication that she's not going to believe it's her? early reaction as well to it, isn't it? Like, say, don't yeah. by the way. Like that, that should be well, shouldn't be in your head. And yeah, well, I think in general, the reaction of most people is to not believe it. And I don't know if that is because it's so horrible, yeah, to rather think that someone was lying than it actually was true. And especially when it's about, say, a celebrity, because obviously you invest a lot in these people that you don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To think that they might be that bad or they might be that wrong, or if someone or your friends, do you know what I mean? If you know someone and you, you like them, to then find out that they could be capable of something like that, yeah. I just think people would rather think that it doesn't... I think sometimes, yeah, it's easier to, to bury your head in the sand. The, 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 the people that I'm talking about, the dad, I know the dad believed her straight away and just, he's the one who reported it because it hadn't been reported to the police. The, da the daughter had disclosed it and then it, it was a year later that the dad found out. And then um, he, he was the one who reported it to the police. Madness. It is madness. But then, it, but, and then again, <clears throat> it's a year later. Mm. So how are they going to even... It's, I think it's so difficult to prove I, it. it it's, it's so hard. I think people would just rather... I, get, I really get it. But also, you know, as a police officer, I'd always like, you, you have to because... Because even from your point of view, where you're sitting there going, I might not get justice or whatever, it might prevent something else. And you're not going to... And it is, it is such a... Like, we talk about intelligence in the police. And if, you, if you're not getting... If you get four... You know, you get one report of a rape and, and yeah, all right, if you can't prove it, and I'm speaking quite hypothetically here, you can't do whatever. Whereas if you get four, there's, there's a bit of a pattern developing there. And, you know, especially if it's four people that don't know each other, you're getting similar details. Although you then might not, as a police officer, you might be able to prove it, you still might be able to go, well, this is this is happening because these four, you know, or, you know whatever it is, mm. it's so similar that it, without them, you know... <laughs> it can't be a coincidence. Yeah, so, it's yeah. not a coincidence. You don't go away and get this sort of accuracy. And, and yeah... <sighs> Without without wishing to say that that you lot are actually sometimes quite good at your job, I know that this friend of mine has actually got nothing but good things to say about the police and the way they've handled his situation. Thank him from me, then. I will do. <laughs> on behalf of, on the, behalf of the police. Oh dear. No, they've they've actually. He said that they've been absolutely brilliant because they they've looked after the girl and yeah. and you know been really gentle with her and and everything else. Good. So In just, like, everything that's going on, maybe things will start to get done. Dealt with a bit. Yeah, better. I think things do. But it's just like, like you know, like the fact that we're talking about some of the stuff we've seen on TV, 
20 years ago would be just wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't go near it nowadays and it is like things are changing but and that doesn't happen quickly it's the same as in policing as well like there's very clearly been fucking wrong ones there um yeah. but it is changing it is like getting better you're an idiot stop laughing it's it is but it doesn't happen overnight and i think what that, and the issue is as well when it's such a fucking ingrained thing which it seems to be in in certain areas of the media and you know policing as well probably in many other areas it doesn't happen overnight that is a that's a tough thing to, to change it's unlearning things so it's going to be generational like we'll raise our children to not be sexist yeah <laughs> and then hopefully by the time they have their children mm. you know yeah about i think calling things out and yeah, challenge. My yeah. friend is a female DJ, yeah. and I asked her about because we've been talking about the whole Russell, Russell Brand stuff, and she said, "Can you imagine if it if they did one of these in like the music industry? Mm. The abuse that she has suffered throughout her whole career, but it's like, but she doesn't want to come on and talk about it because she knows she's just going to get a, more abuse for outing people and yeah. everyone." liar and and it's and i completely get that i completely get that why would you put yourself in she's been spat at pushed at told that she doesn't know what she's doing like sexually assaulted like it's been yeah really bad really bad and there's no i work for a dj agency i think we've got i want to say about 200 artists i think there's probably five girls wow and I've worked in music my whole life. I've worked with DJs my whole life. I could count on one hand the amount of female DJs that I know. No, I didn't pass. I mean, it is getting it is getting better, but it's still comparatively, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the thing is, though, again with that, like the is, and it's a bit like with the women's football. When you, you know, uh, being pretty honest, if you go need a DJ for whatever, you kind of that, or you know, think, yeah, think of a DJ in your head. It's going to be a yeah. male. It's going to be a male. So if you are a young female, you're not probably looking at that thinking that's an area I can get into anyway. So that problem doesn't ever really then get, you know, resolved. And, it, and it's, an, it's an issue that policing would have had, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like 20 years ago, but where you wouldn't imagine a police officer looking like I do. So you wouldn't sit there and think, oh, you yeah, know, I can do that job because you're not a white male, basically. Oh, I thought it was because you were so ugly. <sighs> Bro, what? Actually, don't grow up. You ain't got long left. <laughs> Fuck you. Right, I wanted to. I wanted to put this as well. I'm the same age. Yeah, I say I've called you old many yeah, times. Yeah, but you're in punching distance. Hey. Ah, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, you can't fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, me and Amy are going to team up. Same age. Fuck you, youngster. With you, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm worried about fifty percent of that team, and it's unfortunately the one that's closest. Who <laughs> is the new twenty? Ah, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See, see all that exercise now. It's got you make you feel all fresh and stuff. How old am I? Yeah. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah, I thought you were thirty-five. Yeah. Why is your beard so grey then? Oh, stress. <laughs> very, very stress. Very, very stress. It's not even that bad. Just taking a piece. You're going to start painting it in. It isn't, but I get many mentions about. Oh, there's a grey one there, and my mate Jack at work likes to pull them out occasionally. Mate, I've gone full fucking salt and pepper on mine. When I was on the mountain, I don't know if I mentioned that I climbed a mountain. Did you climb a mountain? Uh, some of that, it got very, it was up wet. And so it looked very grey and 
bejazzled, essentially. That's a lovely point to end the podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Amy, for being so open and honest. Yeah. Can I just say that yes. I'm sorry if I've got any information wrong and people listening to that saying, shut up, you <laughs> idiot. Like, this is my, it's menopause brain. So I do remember bits and pieces and... Yeah, I'm sorry if I've got anything wrong. But... I, think, I think you've been brilliant. I think yeah. you've been really, I think you've been very honest about stuff. You've been honest. No, stop. Look, she's not used to me. Don't be nice to yeah, me. No. You've been really good about the things that you know about. And when there's bits that you haven't, you've been like something like this. But no, I think, I don't think anyone will listen to this. And I think you've been anything other than um, very good. You could have stopped that sentence earlier. Best guest think... ever. Obviously, best guest ever. Yeah. Yeah. And... There you go. Keep up the good work. The other one was with him. Yeah. We've got one later, and I'm going to say the same to him when we finish. Best guess ever. Can no. you tell? Is it just like looking at the same person? No, he had he had his glasses on when you put them on earlier. I was like, oh, oh, shoe. Oh, there you go. Shoe, oh, shoe. Oh, shoe. Oh, look, d- look at that, Deirdre. Deirdre. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, if it, what are you doing? Picture. Oh, just, anyway for the gram. well thank you very much for listening uh, we'll post all the links and everything to your podcast and to that book period queen by Lucy Peach yeah I've written it down um, just thank you it's been very good thank you it's very really much enjoyed. yeah it's been really good thank you anything yeah. else you want to say Leon do you want to shout uh, uh, inappropriately I need to shout Ruby why do you need to shout explain later right okay see you later love you bye bye bye